Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 72 of the Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by a very high senior panellist member of the Bedoni de Oro Award in the Italian League. Sean, what to open the podcast, what is the Bedone de Oro Award? It's for the top goal scorer in Serie A. Incorrect. I said that with such Oh, you certainly did. You're so sure. Like. <laughs> I know I wasn't. Because, I, look, here's where it is, Sean. The, the, the proof is in the pudding. As I said, you are a member on the committee, which means you wouldn't need a committee member for who was the top goal scorer. That's a good point. I should have thought. And I've probably said it wrong as well. It's B I D O N E, and then it looks like someone from Westmeads is trying to say, "Give me an Oro bar." Do you know Doro? Give me the Oro. D apostrophe O R O. Oh, you want to know what it is? I thought you wanted to know the spelling. Well, now that you asked, it's the golden bin or golden trash can, which is a a tongue-in-cheek prize given to the most disappointing player in Syria at the end of each calendar year. It was a good guess, though. It's a play on the Ballon d'Or, which is the European Footballer of the Year Award, and the winner was uh, chosen through votes by listeners on a sports show in Italy. The first prize was awarded in 2003 to Rivaldo with AC Milan. We should make up one of them for a fucking severe meh. Number two. I it every year. So. Holy shit. Number two that yeah. year was Gaddafi's son. Oh, yeah. Al-Saeed Muammar Gaddafi, who... Uh, he basically bought him on that team, didn't he? He... Uh, Parigia or something like that. So, yeah. first of all, whoever voted on this got killed. <laughs> for putting Gaddafi's son well, second he only came second last so. <laughs> no he was only the second worst Actually, player yeah. um, and it was awarded the reason that I know this is because my mate uh, used to big up Ricardo Charisma obviously fair enough absolute superstar on YouTube back in 2006 yeah. and 7 all he could do is a Rabona and a kick it with the ball with the outside of his foot so when he moved to Inter Milan my mate was like no he's going to rip it up he's going to be unreal he was the winner of uh, the golden boot for 2008 and Alexander Pato was the last winner nice. because they didn't uh, do one after 2012. Somehow the runners-up uh, are pretty awkward on it because uh, Nicholas Bentner seemed to get it for Juventus wow. as well, which obviously isn't true. Like That's so, a mistake. yeah, yeah. Must Have you enjoyed the European Championships anyway so far? I haven't. Do you know what I noticed? The one thing about it is going to be really good. You're going to see top athletes be able to recover faster in between games and perform very, very well. Is that like, are you like accusing people of being on drugs or something? No, I was trying to give a nice segue into our supplement sponsor, ORSNutrition.com. Will you allow me to continue? (laughs) Yeah, they're better than any drugs. Yeah. ORSNutrition.com, proud sponsors of the Severe MMA podcast. As you can tell, ladies and gentlemen, every week I do not let Sean know how I'm going to bring ORS into our conversation. I forgot we just sponsored so um, if you're the next Robbie Keane the next Shane Long the next uh, Darren Randolph 
doesn't matter you're a young up-and-coming athlete and you need all the supplements you need to be taking as an athlete at this stage well then rosnutrition.com and they have all your pre-workouts they have all your recovery drinks they have different types of proteins whey and plant-based and they've sent out a couple of things to me uh my vitamin D tablets, especially, I have to admit, they're I, brilliant, aren't they? Yeah, I've been taking them as well. Very, very good. good. And I'm a big fan of my uh, BCAs as well, my fruit punch flavor BCAs to keep drinking Let's during training. It uh, it does allow me to keep going a little bit longer, I feel, and even do a little bit more after the session, whether that's drilling or a couple of sprints. So I have no hassle with that. And um, maybe you're not an athlete, maybe, or maybe you're not a soccer player, or maybe you're not a martial artist. That's okay. Uh, play a bit of ga, play a bit of ball, a bit of hurling, a bit of rugby, a bit of athletics. Head on over to ORS Nutrition as well and they have it all broken down by category. So it's uh, split up by your sport to let you know exactly what you need best for your recovery and so that your performance are at peak, peak levels. Or performance levels are at peak levels. Some, yeah. Something along those lines. You, you get the idea. Either way, you have to head on over. And also if you're... Um, a weightlifter, if you're looking to gain mass, if you're looking to lean out a little bit as well, they drugs. have all of the different... Uh, well, look, once once you listen to the verve and you realize that the drugs don't work, head on That's over true. to rsnutrition.com and do it the proper way through hard work and dedication, yeah? So get... Um, Get all your things in a basket. ORS will also offer you some nice advice of what would go well with your products once they're in your basket at checkout. Also, if you spend over a certain amount of money, they will include a free gift. Order before 5 p.m. on one day and you will get it by the next day. Am I right in saying that, Sean? I believe I am. I think so, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Um, if not, Sean Sheehan has already commented fastest delivery he's ever got of anything it within Ireland. Unbelievable. So there's that. Um, then once it gets better, Sean, you're about to finish up you're asking your mom or dad for their credit card details, or maybe you're one of the people lucky enough to get paid into a bank account, so you're able to pay uh, through your own card. Fair enough. I, play with, I paid with PayPal, I believe. Sean also paid with PayPal. That's fair enough. Use the code SEVEREMMA, all in capital letters. That is SEVEREMMA, for 25% off your first order from ORS Nutrition. More orders go in the better. You will help us. You will help them continue to grow. You'll help keep the lights on here in Severe HQ. You will maybe even get a little bit of a, a push towards us getting new equipment in Severe HQ, would you believe? Because this mixer is definitely on its way out. And I can barely hear Sean every week. See, I, cu- I couldn't even hear him respond there. I, I need c- money for that. You what? I'm buying a new couch tomorrow. Are I you? Money for that, yeah. Excellent. In finishing, in closing, as always, go check them out on their social medias, ORS Nutrition on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Use the promo code uh, SevereMMA for 25% off first order on OSNutrition.com. Excellent. Back to the Euro, Sean. Aside from the fact that they're all... No. <laughs> go on. What we it, gonna, hasn't been, it hasn't been great, has it? You the hit US. me with your analysis, considering the only full game I've watched so far is the Ireland game. The Ireland game is good, now, in fairness. Um... I kind of half fell asleep there during the during the Italy and Belgium game because I was kind of preparing for this, you know, getting ready, have my pre pre match nap before my pre match meal of three bars from little or from Aldi even, you know. So I didn't see that. But most of the matches been very disappointing, you know. One or two kind of goals. Spain were kind of rubbish. Germany looked good for half, but then were kind of not great in the second half. It was a boring game. England looked good again, but it was kind of boring until the last few minutes when. Uh, Hilarity ensued and Russia scored after we dominated for the whole game. But uh, yeah, lad, remember the last tournament was the World Cup or was the last European Championships? I think the last two of them actually. There was like loads of goals and it was really exciting and stuff and it kind of kicked off. This one has kind of been a slow burner, so maybe 
maybe it'll get going. Usually in these big tournaments, it's usually like the second or third game where they start uh, banging in loads of goals, so hopefully that'll happen. Unfortunately, but. actions off the pitch definitely distracting from what's going mm. on on the pitches. Yeah. Mad scenes over there. I, I'm telling you this, right? I'm convinced that Irish mentality is so predictable that there, there didn't need to be any sort of organisation of this among the fans in order to ensure that this happened, okay? First of all, if you're over at the Euros, from watching Snapchat stories, I am insanely jealous of every single one of you. It's like a Conor McGregor wanes in the MGM lobby times 10 in the streets of Paris. Do you know what I mean? That is the sort of hysteria and festivities that is going on amongst the Irish fans here. The Irish fans know they could have went over. They could have caused a few scraps. They would have been able to hold their own completely. They saw the negative press of what all the British and the or the English and the Russian fans are getting at the moment for all of their fighting escapades, as well as the French locals attacking them all. The Irish just did a complete U-turn and were like, boys, we'll just have the crack here and make mates with everybody. So as normal, Ireland will leave with an unbelievable reputation for their fans. See them Dagestani boys beating the shit out of everyone. They're just at, like it's just UFC all over again. Yeah, after it's fucking a lot of about fifty Habibs going around the place, just nothing lads all over the place. It, 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 bad in fairness, like it's uh, not to make a joke out of it or anything, but Jesus, like why? Why did they do that? Like they showed the English fans, they're basically just there was no other fans around and they were just fighting by themselves, like just throwing lawn chairs around and fucking hopping bottles off the ground and stuff. why would you do that Ken what? Early had a couple of great tweets up the other night he was caught in the thick of it he was uh, one of the first nights when they were watching the opening game the bar that he was at just went to chaos it looked absolutely mental uh, a load it's of French fans attacked uh, like, and to be honest as bad as this sounds because it is a bad place to be I'd love to see his reaction over there because yeah. it'd just be so... Like, yes, he has an article up, but I haven't got a chance to read it yet, but it, it had like 2,000 retweets or something, so it must be good. It's it's just so funny. I can just imagine him around all of that just being like, I hate every single one of these <laughs> I'd people. I'd hate that like, too. Oh, that'd be my worst nightmare. I'd fucking hate that. I wouldn't come out. I'd stay in my hotel room for all week. Just, <laughs> just stay I there. Really, I, I would. I'd hate Even if there was no fighting, just like people going around fucking pissed out of reds, like hundreds of I don't mind when it's like in a pub but when it's all over the streets and stuff I'd fucking hate that so to wrap up on the Euros talk here yes. just a couple of little aspects first of all people have dropped the ball massively internet like big media companies you know the ones that are allegedly changing games and stuff like that you'll never guess what happened next why has nobody sent Own Colgan over to the Euros exactly. why has nobody like Boyle Sports have a good thing that I want to watch back on I think the Viper was doing alternate live commentary on the game today, live on their Facebook page. Did and you he see the was, Viper? The he, Viper just got a job with Russia. With RT, Russia Today. Did you watch that video as well? I didn't, but I just heard it. It's I saw an so funny. He, he like walked into the uh, walked into the reception. It's like, how are you? I'm here to see the Russians. <laughs> the <laughs> big wigs. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so he's going to be doing world news for uh, RT.com. But also, uh, he was doing alternate commentary on the Ireland match today, and he was like recording it off his phone, watching it on his laptop on an illegal stream. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like I can't wait to fully watch it then. But yeah, drop like he's the like. First of all, aside from the fact that our firm would be instantly stronger with a man of owns uh, power, do you know what I mean? Running the firm and just being able yeah. to uh, take care of any sort of attacks really that came around. They've um, they've dropped the ball not having a camera crew on them out there. 
What did you think of uh, Conor McGregor's montage today at the start of the Ireland match? I didn't see it. I wasn't home oh, in time. No. Uh, there's something severe made a comment for anyone who didn't see it as well. Is it? It was, it was good. Yeah. How and long uh, was it? I think it was about three minutes in total. All oh, right, so I can't even yeah. watch it now. Like. No. no. It was, yeah, it was good. It was, you know, he was like, best of luck to the boys in green. You're not here to take part. You're here to take over and stuff like that. When really the majority of Irish humour towards this trip are people putting Conor McGregor's face on a tricolour saying we're not here to take over we're here to take, here part. To take part that's exactly what they're doing these group of Kerry lads definitely have the best flag at Euro 2016 yeah. that, oh same article and then the, the th- fucking joke that I eat th- ten times a day the thumbnail is uh, a picture that's cut short before you can see the flag so you have to click yeah, into yeah. it to read it the best, the hat best tip to at Peter Quinlan for sending this in on Twitter the best one I saw was Jack Grealish as like uh, Macaulay Culkin at Home Alone and a picture of him like oh that was funny excellent there was, there was some good ones but I retweeted a good one uh, the other day I tweeted out a mate of mine from work Michael Keane he's away over to it and it was uh, all these boys dressed up in leprechaun suits so the leprechauns were in front of their, their genital areas do you know those sort of outfits that you step into that yeah. look like they're you're on their oh, shoulders. Yes, 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 yeah, yes, yes. And, and a big flag as well. So now don't get me wrong, they probably haven't taken them off since. Do you know what I mean? And probably stink of all sorts of stuff now at the minute, but still fair play to the lads. They're away for two weeks, power on. Respect. Nice. Respect. Right, Sean. What's up? Bit of MMA. We talk a bit of MMA, will we? I'm not that pushed on it to be honest, but oh, look, if you want to We just have I a full suppose. soccer podcast this week. Yeah, like I I don't really Watch. Uh, we'll talk about the game just very briefly. <laughs> Go on, hit me with your analysis. No. Here's mine. Why did Robbie Keane come on the pitch? He did yeah, absolutely exactly. nothing. He's about 106. Ireland, no, he's 36. Ireland are... <laughs> <laughs> Ireland, just to clarify that, not 106. There, Ireland have this bullshit romantic, romantic infatuation, infatuation with Robbie Keane, like. Yeah, he, he is long gone. Like I like, yeah. it's why bring him on there? Like why bring him on for the man who scored our goal? Well, well the point, the problem with Ireland was um, <clears throat> they changed their formation when they brought off a couple of lads, and they went like four three three, and McCarthy couldn't cope with the left back, and Wes Hoolan was playing kind of the right of the, the front three, and he wasn't tracking back, and Olsen for uh, Sweden just ate them up and they didn't change it quick enough and they got a goal and they still didn't even change it after goal and then they eventually brought on McGeady yeah, but, uh, yeah who that's what at this stage yeah. also probably has naked pictures of Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane <laughs> I don't mind McGeady that much he gets a, he gets a raw deal himself and Paul McShane they're doing their best <laughs> Paul McShane you, well look if John O'Shea can captain an international soccer team do you know what I mean at a major tournament then there is hope for I've never had a bad game for Ireland. I'm I'm bitter with John O'Shea over the lob. Oh, that goal! Four two. Oh, the best goal I ever scored. Yeah, but like <laughs> John O'Shea is a cult hero. Like he nutmegged Figo. Like if you love Senegal that much, why don't you go and fucking play for him? That was from that night as well, wasn't it? Great man. Oh, you, you, whose side were you on there, Nat? Whose side were you on in that? At the time, you see, this is how long ago this was, right? My yeah. uncle emailed that video clip to my dad. Yeah. Like, and it was on YouTube, but it was that... I think that happened in the season YouTube was invented. Like, that was always one of the first videos people would watch on YouTube when you sat yeah. down on YouTube with your mates for a couple of hours was Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira fighting in the tunnel before that match. 
I was at my friend's house last night. I remember I've never been as up for a match ever as that match. Like, that was a fucking war on the pitch that night. Yeah, I was at standing like, blah, 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 football has changed, blah, do you know, blah, blah. Do you know what else will be a war? What? Rory, Rory McDonald versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Beat you. No, you beat me, actually. <sighs> okay. Anybody listening, get the earplugs in now or just skip this podcast for 10 minutes. This is not analysis. This you is know, not is. unfair judgment. As it was correctly pointed out on Twitter, this is wonder bias that you're about to hear yeah, from like Sean that. Sheehan. Like Tell us oh. why Rory McDonald is going to lose. Right. Well, since you asked. <laughs> since you did ask. Now, this is a, you know, this is a fight that's, it's kind of a weird one because... One by Thompson is a weird type of fighter. You know, we don't see many people like him in the UFC where his style is very unusual. You know, he's obviously his karate style. It's not something that a guy even like Rory McDonald, who's fought everyone, has come up against. So when, I, when I'm doing most of my analysis, I base it on, like, what, you know, guys they've fought before. So, like, when Rory McDonald fought Tarek Safdie, I went back and maybe looked at a Shane Mills fight or a Mike Pyle fight or a Nate Diaz fight. You know, someone who like stand up and fight him like he would. You know, they might be of the same ilk as him, but you'd get a fair idea of it. <clears throat> when you're when he's fighting Wonderboy, who do you go back and look at? There's really no one. Carlos Khan a little bit, but he's very different from uh, from Wonderboy as well. So that's that's the first issue, right? Then when you look at Wonderboy's game. You know, he still hasn't faced the top guys in the world apart from Johnny Hendricks, obviously, in his last fight, which was the breakout fight. So to me and, you know, to a lot of people after that last fight, he looked like, you know, one of the best guys in the world. But was that the same Johnny Hendricks as always? Like, there's still a question of, of his wrestling. You know, Johnny Hendricks is obviously a great wrestler. He couldn't take him down. He he tried to get him down against the fence and he couldn't. But if Rory McDonald can do that, he'll obviously have a great chance of winning the fight. So uh, looking at this fight that way, right, you'd say Rory McDonald, what's his game plan going to be? It's going to be strike to get inside against Wonderboy, push him up the fence against the fence and take him down, right? That'd be the logical thing. But is he going to do that? No. That's the thing. Is he going to strike with him? That's the question I've. I think everyone needs to ask themselves in this fight. And if he does strike with himself, how will it end? What do you think? I think he is going to strike with him. I there's something within me, or something I would say within Rory McDonald that I think he he gives the impression that Faraz Sahabi maybe is like tentatively watching all of his fights, just thinking, okay, Rory, stick to the game plan. You're sticking to the game plan. Oh no, he just ate a straight right and now he's gone into anger mode and he's going to try and kill his opponent. And the game plan goes out the window. In theory, if you're going by someone who can follow a set game plan to beat a certain fighter, I do think Rory McDonald could beat Wonderboy Thompson, turn a fight over three rounds into it, or is it a five round? Is it main five event? Yep. Over five rounds, turn it into a boring, like Carlos Condit versus Nick Diaz style fight you know what I mean where people he's running he's tipping and tapping he's in and out I think Rory would be able to beat him in that way but I do, do, do you though how is he going to run against Thompson and go in and out the one, I wonder why he's the best in the world at running and going in and out in your opinion the best mm, I don't know like, I just think that this could be the 
we've spoken multiple times in the last couple of weeks about guys losing fights and us thinking it's okay because they're not the finished article. I think this time next week, you're going to see that in Wonderboy Thompson when we were discussing the fight. You're going to be like, okay, yeah, fair enough. He's really good at this against certain people, but now when he comes up against elite-level people in those fields as well, maybe there's still room for improvement. He hasn't hit his ceiling yet. How confident were we that we were going to be talking about Aljamain Sterling? Sorry, how confident were you that we were going to be talking about Aljamain Sterling having wrecked Brian Caraway? Instead, he comes up against someone he dicks around a little bit. I Wonderboy has shown no signs that he's going to go in and dick around against Roy McDonald. I'm just saying that I don't think it's even going to get into that style of fight. I think it's going to be a fucking firefight. I think Roy McDonald is going to come out. He's taken this time off. He's taken nearly a full year off since that fight. You know what I mean? Something that we criticise fighters for not doing enough in this sport now, taking time off to get themselves right. He is going to come out, I think, like an absolute man possessed. They know their backs are on edge. Do you know? I think it was Petey that put it up on Twitter the other day. Um, Lawler's already thinking of the McGregor fight. Lawler wouldn't have mentioned Conor McGregor's name unless he was thinking if Conor beats Nate at 170, then there's a chance Conor's getting the next title shot. Rory and Wonderboy need to be on alert here that for them to like really secure the fact that they deserve the next title shot after the winner of uh, Woodley and um, Lawler is that it's an absolute firefight with a clear, decisive winner that people are going nuts for. That's what they want. Yeah. What, look, what Rory McDonald is great at as a striker is he has a great jab and when guys come inside, he puts great combinations together and hurts them that way. And he can fight from range, as you said there. He can tip and tap guys, fight them from the outside, you know, and win a decision. He's the, we've seen him do that before. We see uh, that Tarek Safadine fight that I mentioned there. He did that in it, and he had a firefight with him in the pocket. But Gosh. Steve Wonderboy Thompson is different. He, you know, this is not just me because I've I've an affinity for him. He is a different sort of striker. Like he won't stand there and let you jab him. He'll be on the outside with his hands up, fighting from range where you can't hit him, and then he'll dart in and he'll hit you. Like Rory's gonna have to try to counter him and hit him that way if he does want to hit him. And one big thing here is that they've trained together before. Obviously, Wonderboy Thompson used to train a lot with George St Pierre. He used to be in TriStar Gym, so. You know, they, I think they said they haven't sparred with each other that much, but they, they've been in the gym. He's they, they've definitely felt each other, so I think that's a huge and plus for point us. for yeah. I think that's a huge plus point. Yeah, exactly for us and noise game. That's a huge plus point for Roy McDonald because the biggest thing with guys like Wonderboy is that you you know you don't feel him. You you don't know what their game is like. But still, I think that I think he's a different level of striker. I think I honestly do to anyone in that division. Would you say he's on a new level. He's the, the newest level. <laughs> he's definitely on the newest level. Like, it, it, what, what's Rory going to do on the feed? I hate out. that song so much. It's always played in work. <laughs> it's terrible. It's played yeah, in work terrible. every single night. Terrible. But like, if Rory comes out and jabs, what's Wonderboy going to do? He's going to slip it, and he's just going to kick him in the head, or he's going to kick him in the legs, or he's going to kick him in the body. And look, if this fight goes on the feet, I, I can't. Like, Rory is a great fighter on the feet. And I'm sure he'll have a plan. He, you know, he'll have the plan to maybe push Wonderboy up against the fence and keep, you know, keep on to him like that. Keep pressure on him. That could work. We haven't seen anyone doing it yet. But Rory McDonald is a great fighter. He could do that. But if this fight stays in the field, I really think Wonderboy will will win and he'll get the knockout pretty quickly. You think he'll knock him out? I do. Yeah. Well, if he can, if he can keep it on the field, I think he will. Um, because Rory. Rory's defensively is he's great sometimes defensively when he can keep you at the end of his jab but when he meets a guy like Robbie Lawler or like Wonderboy now he eats shots because 
they will fight him you know in, where I said he's very good a minute ago in a kind of in a firefight after his jab when guys come in against him but when a, <clears throat> when a guy will meet him there and beat him there or even get like the same you know will both land two or three shots Rory usually comes out on the worst end of that you know against a guy like maybe Carlos Condes back in the day that was a long time ago so maybe you can't take too much out of that but especially against Robbie Dollar and against Wonderboy, I think that'll be the case again. Wonderboy's hands have improved an awful amount, and his kicks obviously are, are a different level. Um, but I think Rory's Rory will know that. I think he will know that he'll, and he'll realise that his grappling is the way to win this fight. I think he will go out and try to grapple. We've seen it. We've seen him doing it before. You know, we saw him take down. I don't know, Japan is a very different night, but we've seen him do that. We saw him take down Robbie Lawler in the first fight and try to do it to him. Even Damian Maya, we saw him on the floor with Damian Maya do very well. If he can get inside Wonderboy and take him down, that's definitely his way to win this fight. Like he can win this fight if he does that. Um, but the thing is, Wonderboy has improved an awful lot in that realm over the last. So Wonderboy is going to tap him off his back. That's what you're saying? No, no. But at stopping guys from taking him down, he's wrestling. He's been working with Chris Weidman an awful lot. His jiu-jitsu is, and I don't think it is as bad as maybe what people think. He's, uh, you probably know who his brother-in-law is, don't you? He's been working with him for like six or seven years, I think. Who's his brother-in-law? Machado. Jean-Jacques? Not not Jean-Jacques. I think Jean-Jacques' brother or something like that. I don't know someone anyway one of them people know someone will tell us well if it's Regan he's a bit of, like he trains Ashton Kutcher like and he's just one of those guys that trains a load of celebrities uh, and for private no stuff. it's hold on let me open this thing you look it up while I just spit something back at you there for Go one on. second I was about to say is this going to be the fight that we see maybe Rory McDonald matured as I, we mentioned his last fight getting the damage Farah Sahabi definitely one of the forefronting coaches definitely the uh the number one coach in the world for like progressive thinking methods I think in terms of his training and what he's doing with his fighters like unquestionably the the front runner he will see that fight as the amount of damage that he took is this going to be now the different turning of Rory McDonald's career where like okay when we know you can win a fight in a certain way why aren't we going out to do that instead of getting into a fight where we could yeah. take pointless damage and I was about to go on to that point only you started mentioning the bringing him down to the ground and I think this is there is a case to be made for that as well like Rory McDonald by if we're sitting here next week and we're talking that Rory McDonald taps out uh, taps him out with a dart choke or something like that do you know like gets him to, is able to get him down to the ground gets into a half guard sort of situation is landing good shots on top Wonderboy comes up to try turtle onto his, his knees but Rory's jiu-jitsu is that good slides the right arm through for a dart do you know, I can see myself sitting here talking about that next week, hundred percent. Yeah, I could uh, like I could see that happening as well. Definitely, like this isn't this isn't a fight like Danny Hendricks where I like I gave Danny Hendricks a bit of a chance, but I thought Wonderboy was really going to wreck him on the feet. This is a chance, or this is a fight where Rory McDonald has, a, you know, he has a real chance of beating Wonderboy. I think I I probably I'm like fifty five, forty five, that sort of range in this fight. Um, I just think Wonderboy is liar. No, I am. I really am. I, I'm a huge fan of Rory McDonald. Anyone who fucking knows me knows I'm a huge fan of Rory McDonald as well. This is, uh, you know, I, I obviously like Wonderboy as well. But I just, I just think Wonderboy's takedown defense is going to be good enough to keep him on the feet enough for him to land enough shots to knock out Rory McDonald. If that makes sense, like I could see Rory taking him down once, maybe twice, but is he going to keep taking him down for the whole five rounds to beat him? 
I don't I don't think he is. And I think if you give Wonderboy one or two shots on the feet, you know, if he gets a three minute burst on the feet, he's gonna hurt Rory McDonald. And if you know, if he get Rory takes him down, and if he gets up and he gets another three minutes in the next round, he's probably gonna finish him. Like I I find it very hard to not see, you know, I, th- I I do think Wanabai will be able to knock him out. Um, as you said there, Rory's taken a lot of damage and all those things add up, like especially in that last fight. I know he's taken a good bit off, but you just don't know how he's going to be, you know. He's on the last, last fight of his contract as well. So there's a bit between his teeth. He knows, like, okay, yeah. that's what I, I wanted to bring it on to now anyway. Or finish your point and then we'll go on to his free agency. No, it's, it's okay. Go on, go on to his free agency. So, I saw people uh, back and forth on Twitter over the last week saying, like, is he actually going to test free agency? Is he going to resign? Will he sign for Bellator? The UFC know that there is a star within Rory McDonald. Okay? They're not yeah. going to let him go to Bellator. They will get, like, they are going to do everything, I think, to resign him um, on a good deal after this fight. If he wins, perfect. Balls in your court, Rory. You've got the power move. If not, I could see the UFC still giving him a good offer to keep him around. A more advanced offer than his current contract. They can't... I don't think they can afford to lose someone like Rory McDonald to Bellator. Because someone like Rory McDonald matched up against Bellator's welterweights is an absolute recipe for success. Do you know what I mean? A highlight yeah. reel after highlight reel dominating champion. Rory McDonald would clean up in that division. Rory McDonald versus Paul Daly is actually a fight that I would really like to see. I think Rory would absolutely school Paul Daly. Do you know should what I mean? But I think Daly's dangerous, dangerous enough to be able to come out and try, like, what's, what did you put up on Twitter? <laughs> the UFC, like, put out a tweet. After Rory McDonald fights Wanderboy on Saturday night, who do you think you should face next? And I quote, I was like, Koreshkov. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he oh, would, you I, troll. That'd be a good fight, though. I'd love to see that Koreshkov fight because they're kind of similar enough, guys. But, yeah, if Rory did go to... Belderai to be the biggest free agent the UFC have ever lost. Well, in you could argue Dan Henderson and stuff before, but in this current kind of Fox era, maybe you could call it. I, I think he'd be the biggest. Um, <clears throat> I I don't think they can lose him. They, they really need to keep guys like that. But UFC are very quick to kind of write guys off. Like he's lost Robbie Lawler twice now. If he loses to Wonderboy at the weekend, you know he's lost to the guys, the two guys that are going to be champion for like the next year. Maybe McGregor as well. But um, yeah. well, I'm not saying McGregor's going to be Lawler. But if McGregor gets a title shot, but guys are going to be fighting for the championship. Like if Wonderboy wins at the weekend, there's there's no one else that's going to be um, that's going to be fighting for the championship. But yeah, look, Rory. He's, as I said as well, he's taken a lot of damage. He's you know, he's older than you think as well in his fighting career. How many years has he been fighting now? You know, he's been fighting since he was fucking eighteen. Yeah. See, earlier even, I think sixteen. He's been fighting eleven years now. So, you know or do they want to give him a big money contract at this time? You know, do they feel how long does he have left in him? Like obviously he's probably has a good five or six years left in him. But He's in his prime now, and he wasn't able to. You know, he had two opportunities to beat Robbie Lawler, and he wasn't able to do it either time. So, like, do they want to give him depending a depending on how you scored the second fight? Yeah, well, I, well, the second fight he knocked him out, but the first oh. fight, I agree. I, I, I actually had uh, McDonald in the first fight. Not a lot of people did, but I agree with you on that. But yeah, look, for me, looking at my from my point of view, I'd say yes, Rory McDonald can be a champion. Get you know, even if he doesn't win the fight at the beginning. He's put him in against anyone else, and he's going to beat him like three or four fights, and he's back into a title shot. Like, look, you know, I put up the thing about Jake Shields there the other day. The people he's beaten. Look at the people 
Rory McDonald's been Tyron Woodley Damian Maya Nate Diaz BJ Penn Jake Gellenberger all great guys like arguably beat Robbie Lawler as well you know this is this is one of the best guys in the world undoubtedly and it'd be you know it'd be stupid for the UFC to lose him in my opinion but they look at these things in a kind of an odd way and if they've you know if they've let him go this far we're not offering him a great contract and you know how far are they going to let him go because Bellator I haven't heard if they are or not but it's you know if I was Bellator I'd be making a big play for him so they probably will but um, yeah, anyway, who's who's your pick for the fight at the weekend? I think Robbie Lawler is going to win. Or not Robbie Lawler, sorry, I'm on Robbie Lawler's Wikipedia page. I think Rory <laughs> McDonald is going to win. Because I went back there, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I could have swore Robbie Lawler and McDonald's second fight was a decision as well. And I went on to the Wikipedia page, I was like, no, I forgot, fifth round finish. Mm-hmm. So you know, Patrick, had, we did it. Um, so it because of that, that, I think fight. Rory McDonald is going to win. Go on. Accumulator. We didn't accumulator that night. Patrick had like fifty quid on like five different things that I picked out for him, and one of them was the the last one was uh, Ronnie McDonald to win. And like he was minutes away from winning a decision, and he got knocked out. And he was going to win like a fucking grand or something like that. Unbelievable. But why do you why do you think how is Rory going to win? Tell I me. think Rory's going to tap him, Sean. And look, good jujitsu. Cut, cut your Dominic Cruz bullshit out here with your analyst hat on, right? None of this. No, tell me how he's going to do it. No, you're going to knock me out. You can't even... I'm the least hit guy in the division, right? I'm not I'm not taking this gimmick shit off you now, right? 10 past 12 on a Monday night, I am not going to be... Explain this, explain that, explain this. You're not even able to hit me, bro. You're not even able... No. You just tell me why you think Wonder Boy Thompson's going to win and I'll tell you why Rory's going to sub him. Look, Wonder Boy is going to... He's going to stop his takedown. He's going to stop his, his jiu-jitsu. He's hugging. He's going to stop all that. He's going to kick him in the face. And he's going to knock him out. Let that be an end to it. Rory's chin... But in all seriousness as well, Rory's chin... You know, where's Rory's chin at now? That was a, like a ferocious beat he took against Robbie Lawler. Stephen Thompson, doesn't his, his dad train him as well? A bit, yeah. He's the proper version of Sage Northcutt then. Yeah, he is, yeah. He's Flashy striker whose father yeah. isn't pushy. Carlos like, Machado is his name as well, by the Carlos way. Carlos Machado, yeah. He's like the, a mix between Conor McGregor and Sage Northcutt, I think. Um, Wonder Boy Thompson is. See the way we're talking about free agency leading up to this fight? Yeah. A man that the UFC will probably never, ever, 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 ever have to worry about free agency is in the co-main event. Don Cerrone. That's him. Yeah, I'm really not looking forward to this fight whatsoever why against Patrick Cote just it's pointless like you're a welterweight fight with Cerrone and Cote like Cote's been on a good run recently um, this discredits <sighs> his further run at 170 because he's fighting a lightweight who just wants to fight but I think I think Cerrone will probably beat him but <clears throat> I don't know it's just it's just a weird fight like what <clears throat> if you're moving Cerrone up to welterweight at least push him towards the title pitcher. Like, you know, there's there's plenty of guys around there that that he could have fight. Even a guy like you know Neil Magny or Matt Brown or Dong Hyun Kim or someone like that. Just this is a very odd one. I think um, it's obviously because it's on in Canada and they want they want Cote there and need another big name on this card and that's why Cerrone's there. But the matchmaking is a bit weird. Um, the rest of this card is just awful as well, so maybe that's why they put Cerrone on it. But look, Cote has kind of had a re- uh, career resurgence, mostly because I think his wrestling game has improved an awful lot. He's he's always had a you know a big overhand right, 
being able to knock guys out. But I think he's, you know, he's been. You saw against Joe Riggs and even a little bit against Warner by Thompson in that fight, even though he lost. He was his wrestling had improved, uh, improved an awful lot. He's able to push guys against the fence, win, you know, win large parts of fights, and then you know, use that fence work to land his big shots. And which before he was kind of struggling to do, I think, because obviously he's getting a little bit older now, and he's you know maybe not as fast as he was uh, back in the days when he was fighting Anderson Silva and and Ricardo Almeida and the likes of that, but. Yeah, I, you know, I think Cerrone, Cerrone's good with his back against the fence. Even if he does take him down, Cerrone's very good off his back as well. So I don't think Cote is going to want to put him in there. Um, obviously, Cote could catch him early. Cerrone doesn't like to be hit early, and if he can catch him early and hit him once, you don't I think could see any fighter likes to be hit early. Yeah, well, some of them do. Some, some of them, them need like. Some of them need it, yeah, to get them turned but on. Cerrone, especially, is he's you know he's not a good starter. He's even he'll tell you that himself. But yeah. I think I think Cerrone will kick his legs, hurt him. Um, and he'll probably go. I don't know. All your rounds. If if Cote takes him down, I could see Cote getting uh, getting submitted. But it could be a good fight, but uh, just meaningless to me. Well, that was a bit harsh on the two men in the co-main event of this weekend. <laughs> harsh, but a bit fair. meaningless. Is this going to be a card, Sean? That you're actually going to stay up for, or will you watch this on Sunday? No, I still Wonder Boy and fucking Rory McDonald are Oh well, sorry, Jesus Christ, I'm not even thinking there. I mean the the rest of it. Are you actually going to sit up all the way through it? Yeah. just to watch that main event, or would you not yeah. go for a wee we snooze and set the alarm? No, I'd probably watch it on, <clears throat> but it's a it's just a terrible card. Steve Bossy and Sean O'Connell in the third fight from the top. Well, cards like Christ. this make me <clears throat> praise the day we decided not to do a format of a podcast where we break down a full card. Yeah, which are only ever good when they're done by stuff like Sure Dogs Roundtable or something like that, leading yeah. up to a big card where it's full of fights that are interesting that you really want to hear. It. But do you really want like? Oh, I couldn't think of anything worse than listening to two low-level European mixed martial arts correspondences, Easy such now. as ourselves. Oh, high dis- level <laughs> discuss. The intricate nature of UFC Fight Night Ottawa. There's a couple of okay fights in there. Letourneau against Calderwood. That's a good fight. Yes, that is a very uh, good fight. First ever women's flyweight fight. Um, uh, Tam Dam McCrory as well as fighting. He's fighting Christoph Jacko, which isn't great, but I like Tam Dam. And Elias Teodoro against Sam Alvey. That's a good Chris fight. Chris Beale and Joe Soto. Mm. Mm. How do you think Calderwood's going to do? Nice win, and nice win for her? Uh, I think Letourneau will probably win. Really? Yeah, I, I think Valerie Returnal is a good fighter. It should be a good stand-up fight, though, I think, that one, which Joanne Calder would obviously like. But I don't know, she comes across to me as someone who kind of doesn't doesn't like travelling, maybe. She might be better, you know, she obviously fought well in Scotland, so she might be better fighting around Europe. I don't know, that's just, I could be totally wrong on that now. But Returnal is very good. I know she didn't look that good against... Um, she fought Ian Jacek, didn't she? Yeah, she didn't look great in that fight, obviously. But she's she had a good run coming up to that. I think flyweight is her natural weight as well. Um, so, you know, she'd be Marion Moroz, who or Marna Moroz, sorry, who beat uh, Joanne Calderwood as well. So that's a bit of MMA math there for you. Uh, if you yeah. want a bit more close. MMA math to discredit your opinion, she won't have to travel fucking anywhere because she's living in TriStar. Oh, I'm a fucking idiot. There you go. There you go. Just edit that out there. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> She's been over in TriStar oh, yeah, for the last couple of months training. Uh, she definitely wins, so. <laughs> Excellent flip. 
Uh, so aside from that we will be watching it we will give you a full breakdown of it uh, well what will happen is Sean will watch the fights live on Saturday night mm-hmm. he will text me while I'm at work he will say you need to watch this fight you need to watch this fight you need to watch this fight I will watch those fights probably before we record the podcast next week well definitely because I'm doing nothing next Sunday so we will be free to watch fights um, Sean what? Do you know who else has been living in Canada? who has? Joseph Duffy yeah? Oh, Brock Lesnar oh yeah yeah, what you didn't get out? He's re- did you hear that he's representing Canada and his next fight, his fight kit is going to be Canada and not the US. I did see that, but look, Sean. Unfortunately, I've thrown you off so much with rattling you completely with the Calderwood comment. If you had gone back to your own perfectly drafted I schedule, I saw you, this, but we can you we can, would know that I was about to get into a heartfelt discussion about the passing of Kevin Ferguson from last week. Okay, do it so. Oh, well, the mood's gone now. We're going to have to talk about Brock in Canada first. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to Kim, obviously, when we talk about that as well. Yeah, but I think the Brock Canada thing, it's, it's a bit weird. It's, it's, I don't know why they're doing it. Maybe it's... Uh, There's probably a reason behind it. We'll probably see, um, we'll probably see uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, you know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. He's been living in Canada, all right? And, uh, he's been living in Canada for a long time in, on his farm. Um and you know, there's that's really about it. But the, I think the bigger issue around Brock, Les- Brock Lesnar this this week is he's been handed um, a waiver by the UFC and by well, uh, not by USADA, but by the UFC through USADA to fight on UFC 200 without the necessary four month window of testing. So, aka, if you retire, you're yeah. not unretiring for four months. Exactly. Or if you're and coming back, give us four months' notice. How they've been able to justify this is he didn't retire from the USADA program before. The USADA program or program wasn't in when he was in um, when he was in the UFC the last time. So he's coming in as if a new if he's as if he's a new athlete. So let's say um, Peter Queeley gets signed by the UFC to fight on the, uh, the Ottawa card is Saturday, right? Obviously, they're not going to be able to give him four months. Of um, of testing, so they'd give him the waiver, and he'd be able to fight this Saturday. So that's why it's there. So they're doing a similar thing now for Brock, but with obviously with Brock's size and with the WWE's big history of PDs and stuff like that, this people are looking into this, you know, and they're saying this is a bit, you know, this is a bit, just just a bad smell off this, and especially as well when Brock said on ESPN Sports Center that, that they first contacted him. Yeah. That tr- this has been in the works for three months. So with that three months and a month until the fight, that would have been the four months if they'd needed to do it. But and you can do that in private as well. You don't have to do it in public. So I wouldn't have got out. So it's a bit. It's a bit weird. What are your thoughts on them? Well, when you say it wouldn't have got out, we're not too sure about that. They would have had to contact Usada, um, and say that Brock Lesnar has been added back onto this list. So. That would have, I think, gotten out. No matter what, that would have gotten out. Somehow. Um, aside, like Joe Rogan spoke about it during the week. He had absolutely no idea that Brock was coming back. That was a genuine reaction from him in the broadcast. As it was for a lot of people. Because very little people apparently knew about this in the UFC. Which makes Ariel's scoop all the more impressive. In terms of the exemption, yeah, okay. Something, I don't want to say something's fishy. But it's just an example here of what we've spoke about for quite a while, for some time. And I know we're going to talk about it about another fight probably uh, 
later on in, on on the show in some some form is that the UFC don't care about this sort of stuff anymore, Sean. Do you know what I mean? In terms of a potential Dan Henderson, uh, Michael Bisping title fight, yeah, fair enough. Maybe Dan Henderson isn't the highest ranked guy, but he has enough going from and a little bit of a story to make it a compelling fight that they can sell and put a story behind. Brock Lesnar coming back is absolutely huge and that is the fight that makes the most sense money-wise. And if it means getting Brock in there in any way, shape or form, then they're going to do anything they can to get him in there. Do you know what I mean? They need this fight. They need Brock Lesnar to fight on UFC 200. Conor McGregor is not on the card. The card, and even then Brock Lesnar may not do as big of a, a thing as they want. We got a lot of questions about how we think 202 is going to be stacked, which we will discuss later on. I think the UFC will understack 202. Do you know what I mean? I don't think they will give Conor any the, the additional help on that. I think they'll just put Conor and Diaz on it. UFC 200 is the benchmark here, and they needed, no matter what, Brock Lesnar on that card. I'm not saying that they're letting him take drugs. He is still going to get drug tested. He will get tested fight week. He will not get out of competition drug tested between now and um, the fight. He will. He will. Will he? Yeah, from last Monday he was on the he was on the list to be drug tested. Then what's the waiver for? The waiver is you need four months to get back on it. Say now if uh, Shane Carwin, no, not Shane Carwin, who retired recently, say Dan Henderson retired. Okay, this week, like, I oh, completely misunderstood that whole situation <laughs> because yeah. the way, like literally, I read it first on Twitter when it came out, and then your timeline gets spammed with articles. And people getting the wrong idea, clickbaiting and shit again, all of that stuff. Brock Lesnar won't be drug tested for UFC 200 out of competition. And like, why are you even putting that up there if you're influencing idiots like me that have to go on a podcast and discuss it? Yeah, Maybe, okay, we're even now. I should edit that out and I'll leave your call to a thing in there. No, just leave money. But... Yeah, say like if Dan Henderson retired now and he decided in eighteen months' time I want to come back, he wants to come back. Before he can fight, he'd have to go through four months of out of competition testing. Where they may only back. test him once. Well, yeah, where they could test him fifteen times, they could test him once, they won't test him at all, right? But Brock Lesnar didn't have to go through that. He only has one month of out of competition testing. He signed up last Monday, the day he was on Sports Center, Tuesday, or whatever it was. Um, so he'll be tested. If they're going to test him, if they choose to test him, they could test him 10 times, as I said, they could test, they could test him twice, they could test him once, between now and the fight, and after the fight as well, oh, you know, he could retire again after the fight or something, and he'd go off that list, and then he wouldn't be able to come back for four months, well, unless they gave him no waiver again, but, it, you know, it just looks bad, I think, things, you can understand it from the UFC's point of view, it's not the worst indiscretion in the world, but it just looks bad to me. Like someone asked us about this last week before this news came out, and I said, "No, they, you know, they must have told it to you, Sada, three months ago, so they give them the full four months, you know, because it looked terrible on them if they didn't." And when it comes out that they didn't, it just does look terrible, you know. It looks from the world he's coming from, and you know where you know where he is now. It just, I don't know. It it just looks bad and. Maybe they'll learn from this. this. You know, this is one of the things as well. You said uh, we spoke about it. You know, in our first few podcasts, when they were kind of when they were bringing it in the first, there's going to be a lot of in a lot of changes, a lot of things to work with, and maybe this is one of the things that the UFC um, that the UFC doesn't do again, or maybe you know they covered our back by announcing the thing a little bit earlier to you, Sada. But uh, you said there as well that you know if they had told you, Sada, that 
it would break somehow. I don't know, would it? Because you, you know, you start our secrecy. Like that's what they're all about. You know, they, they have like a, this this chain thing where they can't tell anybody anything, and they, you know, that's what they're all about. Kind of you sat there, so you know, I don't think it would break, but yeah, you'd you'd never know really. But it's it's just there's just a stinky kind of feeling on it, and you know, it's not nice. Unfortunately, though, we will uh, will we move on. Yeah. Within the last week, Kevin Ferguson, more popularly known by his name of Kimbo Slice, passed away. Easily, Sean. The biggest star in mixed martial arts history. I think that's a fair enough thing to say. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Well, I would because he's the most watched fighter on cable television in American history. Yeah, he, like you, you can't he like boundaries. Kimbo. Yeah, no, exactly. But I'm yeah. just talking mainstream. Do you know what I mean? Kimbo Slice. I would say the name Kimbo Slice is more known in the United States than Conor McGregor. Yeah, definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. So I'm going by that, just by numbers. Yeah, he's universally liked as well. It's a, it's kind of odd that even my friend Jeju, who, who we spoke about there a couple of weeks ago, he brought the Ross stuff. He is he hates everyone. He like he fucking hates everyone. When, when something bad happens to people, he's always like, ah, sure, fuck it. They were any prick anyway. They you know they did something bad 15 years ago or something. But I like text him and we've like a group text one. I said, oh, Kimbo died, and he goes, oh no. I've, Pity, I like Kimbo or something like that. Even he liked Kimbo, and he fucking hates everyone. So there's that. Like, you see, when people die in, in combat sports and are in uh, in MMA, there's always someone has something bad to say about him. You know, there's always you know one or two people or a group of people, but no one seems to have anything bad to say about Kimbo. Like every every person I've heard is kind of always has good things to say about him because I think because he broke onto the scene through YouTube, and it was when YouTube first came out and people knew him people knew Kimbo before they knew him as an MMA fighter so when you went to you know interview him or when you met him at an event you had this maybe this preconceived idea of what Kimbo what he was going to be, like. be like yeah yeah. and then he was just not like that at all he was really nice you know you heard Brendan Schaub talking about that I, I know it was on Joe Rogan or his own podcast I saw a clip of it and he you know he spoke some great stuff about him and about how how much he you know he loved his kids and what, you know he was just he was the American dream. I saw a lot of people describing him as that. You know, he fought his way out of poverty. He, you know, he literally fought his way out of poverty in the backyards and came up through Elite XC, you know, got into the UFC, fought and, as you said... Won in the UFC. In a, yeah, in Elite BTS Elite, and Alexander. Elite XC as well. Broke, you know, broke boundaries, got on national television, broke records on tough against Troy Nelson. Yeah, won a fight in the UFC, won seven fights as a boxer, came back, broke records again for Bellator, you know, when he when he came back to MMA. For a guy, you know, for a street fighter from YouTube, that isn't at all bad. And I think to leave that legacy behind, as well as the legacy of being a really nice guy, I think that that's very appropriate. Like, we all know he wasn't the best fighter in the world. He Like, he never was going to be. But, you know, he... He did the best he could do, and I think that's all you can ask of anyone, really. And you know, I was sad to see him. It was sad to see him pass away this week. Absolute essential listening, in my opinion, would be uh, the cheap seats from last week because Greg Savage has a pretty long-standing good relationship with ATT, where Kimbo would have done a lot of his training. And from just talking about times when him and Dave Mendel and other people went down to interview Kimbo for the first time how friendly he was, how happy he was to be getting an interview, how thankful he was, and then how he was always just kind to Greg afterwards. Do you know what I mean? He'd always give him time. He'd always be, hey, man, how are you? How's things? Like, 
and from every media report that I've ever I've seen, it was um, it just seemed like everybody since then has agreed and said the exact same thing. And to be honest, I was really looking forward to getting over to the Bellator card in London. Um, this was up to a couple of weeks ago sort of situation. Thought we'd be heading over to it to see Kimbo fight on it. I'd be like, oh my god. How many of my mates know Kimbo Slice from watching his videos on YouTube? Do you know what I mean? And then the ones that became MMA fans as well were like, and then watching them in the UFC as well. So I was thinking like, Jesus, this is going to be brilliant. I'm going to get to see a Kimbo Slice fight live. And now I'd say all that, uh, all that, and I feel horrible for saying that because all any of his family would want was five more minutes to talk to him. Do you know what I mean? So an absolute uh, legend has passed, unfortunately, taken very young, but... um. Rock on, Kimbo Slice. Yeah, even I posted a picture. I think Patrick posted a few weeks ago. He found an old phone of his, and it was like text messages from two thousand and nine on it. And there was one of me telling him about Kimbo being in tough. And like I used to use Kimbo to try to get people into the UFC when there was like twelve. Oh, Kimbo Slice does it. <laughs> Kimbo Slice is fighting here. Why don't you watch this and stuff like that? This is you know. Look at this ground game. Ryan Nelson ruined Kimbo Slice. Look at this, look at this. Look how good it is. It's not you know. It's not all just stand up fights and stuff like that. But he was one of those guys you would you you know you'd use his name. I'm sure you did it like back in the day. And you know when there weren't many MMA fans in Ireland. You know he was he's a name you would say to get people into it. Like, and, <laughs> You know, Sorry. he got he got an awful lot of people into MMA all over the world. What a man! What a man! Up next, five <laughs> next. minutes. We've got a nice wee nice wee segue here as we're starting to wind down the podcast. Fifty two minutes in the bank, Sean. It looks like we actually are turning into a nice. Um, fingers crossed, turning into a nice professionally compact unit here. We'll never, we'll never. Do well, that. look, there's a very good chance that it's not going to happen, um, but yeah. still. Speaking of professionals, speaking of cutting back, speaking of get, speaking of getting down to a smaller size, in the past <laughs> week, I've uh, booked in for a penis unenlargement. Uh, no, Anthony Pettis is heading down to one forty-five, ladies and gentlemen, and we're not too sure how that's gonna go down, especially with the UFC implicating new weight cutting measures on fighters for their pre-cut, uh, pre-weigh-in weight check which would happen on the Monday of every week, I believe. Which, as a side note, Sean, if that's going to happen mm-hmm. on a Monday, you're you're fairly mucking up a lot of fighters who often sometimes don't have to check in until Tuesday. So now fighters are going to have to travel from maybe the Saturday or the Sunday before a fight to be there for longer just so they can be on weight for Monday. Yeah. So uh, there's that also. This Pettis thing... I don't think he should move down. He is moving down, but I don't see the point of it, really. Like, Anthony Pettis' problem isn't the weight. Anthony Pettis' problem is his game and the fact that he hasn't moved on. You know, we've spoken about it at nauseum, ad nauseum even, on this podcast, that, you know, he's he doesn't move good enough in the pocket to be a striker like he wants to be. You know, ta- taekwondo guys or karate guys, kind of like McGregor and, and Wanderboy and, you know, other guys like that, yeah, you're Rodriguez. The um, movement is a huge part of their game. Movement in the pocket and use of range. Anthony Pettis just isn't good at that. And that's that's the fatal flaw in his game. Along with the wrestling and 
not being able to get out from the cage and stuff like that. That there are those flaws in these games, and it's not the weight class. I think this is just, you know, it's just a, it's like bringing Robbie Keane onto there for Ireland. You know, it's it's just a desperation move really because he's lost a few fights at, at lightweight and he kind of just wants a new start. Uh, but I don't like he'll definitely beat guys at lightweight, but I don't I don't think I don't think you know it will work. I don't know. You know I, I think, think Max Hollow will beat him. I think Conor McGregor will beat him. I think Jose Aldo will probably beat him at this stage. Um, but there's some good fights from there. All right? It's not the worst thing in the world, but I don't think it's going to solve his problems. I actually think it could solve his problems, but also going by your logic of him not fixing the actual problems in his game. The problems I'm talking about is that he's losing. You know, so I can see him going to 145 and beating guys. The reason that he's losing at 155 is because, as you're correctly saying, he isn't improving or adapting his game plan. There's a like it's the joke on Reddit at the minute. The, the Pettis blueprint is out there. So when you have a guy who's bigger than you, stronger than you, knows what game plan he has to implement to be able to beat you, then there's a very good chance he's going to go out and do that. However, the tides are turned when you're the bigger guy in the division and actually able to keep guys away with your strikes and they fear your power. Which is now what's going to happen. I'd say the majority of the guys at 155 are thinking, yeah, okay, as long as I do this, like, I'm not afraid of his stopping power anymore. I'm not afraid of being finished here. I am confident that I'm going to be able to wrestle him. I am confident that I'm going to be able to put him up against the cage and beat him up. And that's the way you do it. Do you think Ricardo Lamas is going to have that sort of, uh, I don't want to say that sort of ability, but do you, want, do you think Ricardo Lamas has that sort of belief in himself to be able to do that to Anthony Pettis? No, Absolutely not. Mm, do you think Jose, do you think Jose Aldo? I think Aldo and Pettis is the fight to make. I think that's fight, yeah. that's a serious fight. If Aldo doesn't beat Edgar, I want to see that as uh, Pettis' debut at one forty-five. I'd watch that. Do you know it's a good fight as well? Yair Rodriguez against Anthony Pettis. Make that happen. Max Holloway, even like you said, is a good Din- shot. Dennis, Dennis Bermuda as well. There's a lot of fights from there's Dennis a lot of good Seaver fights from there, yeah. against. Well, no, no but that's it. Give him the tune-up. Maybe Hinnambarau against Anthony Pettis. There you go. There's the fight. Money. It's a good fight. Main event. Did you see Yair Rodriguez and uh, Bruce Leroy are headlining a card? Really? Yeah. It's a good fight, like, but to headline a card, it's a bit much. Very much so. A bit mad. Couple more things before we get on to the questions. Sean, I have one thing to ask you here, okay? Yes. So, Graham McDonald's favourite bit of trivia when talking about a fighter... Is what? Uh, well, it's the record in the USADA era. Oh, and yeah. Chad Mendes is 0-2 in the USADA era. Nothing to see here. So what? He just, you know, he's lost two fights. Conor McGregor and Frankie Edgar, you know, two of the best 145 pounders in the world. That's such a bullshit statistic. How dare you use that against someone like Chad? M- oh, sorry. Chad Mendes has uh, been flagged for a USADA violation. Put into Ah, shit. All those points I just made were worthless. What potentially flagged. Potentially flagged as a USADA violation. On that, Jeremy Botter put up a Google document, which you need to log into through your Google account to view it on Google Drive. It's a spreadsheet. Conor McGregor is the most tested athlete. Sean Sheehan put that up. What are you talking about? Did you? Yeah. I Well, I saw it on Jeremy's Twitter like page. I'm sorry. Um... Conor McGregor is the most tested athlete of the USADA era with 15 tests. Brazil 13. have the most... What? 13. 13, sorry. Himself and Holly Holm, yeah. Okay, fuck you then. Um, 
I know you better know yourself, Andrew. Ah. Um, the Brazilians, though, are the most failed nation, I believe, with six. Yeah, six, yeah. So there you go. It's a very interesting document. You can go check it out. But in case you didn't hear, Chad Mendes has been flagged for potentially violating USADA. Even if you unknowingly violate USADA, even if you didn't realize what was in the drink that was being passed around your gym, as Tim Means found out this week, you're going to get a provisional six-month sentence and there's going to be absolutely nothing they can do. you can do about it. Yeah, maybe we should hold off on our real discussion about this until it's official and we know exactly uh, what it is and maybe we should hold off saying we're not surprised. Uh, until Motherfuckers. Until but, uh, yeah, people I didn't say I was surprised. I didn't say I wasn't surprised. You aren't so, so you are surprised, yeah? Um, yeah, Chad Mendes has stated multiple times in interviews that he's a clean athlete. And also, to be fair, I think Uriah Faber is, one of the, is like he a guy like who's... a blown up bodybuilder, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> Uriah Faber has come out about this a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, he's camp. Very that's clean, he that's says. a bit awkward now. Like, yeah. TJ Dillashaw did say as well that he he called. Well, did he call Team Alphamel or just Uriah a juicer as well? So, mm. you know, there's a lot of rumors coming out about that recently. You know, not rumors, but like obviously this test and uh, TJ saying that. I think I'm not sure if Dominic Cruz has made it, but he's he's kind of hinted at things like that. You know, um, the alpha fails. Yeah, the alpha fails exactly. Yeah, but you know, obviously we should. We we'll, he hasn't been. Uh, we just wanted to put it out into the universe. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll 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 come back to that. And if if Chadman is you know Chadman does his name could be cleared. But dude, I think the bigger point about this is putting these things out when they actually aren't official yet and uh, like I like can ruin a fighter's reputation can but they should put out what they failed for as well if they're going to do this you can, you know a lot of people have said that I'm stealing this idea from people but you know there are people saying they're being half transparent which they kind of are so I think they should have put out the the, the substance he failed for like people are saying oh it could have been marijuana well it couldn't have been marijuana or else he wouldn't have flagged out of competition for it because that's not illegal out of competition so it's it has to be something stronger if you know what I mean but yeah we look we went and see it'll probably take a couple of weeks to come out there has to have to be a B sample tested and we'll talk about it more then but that's um, how we deal with that sort of stuff in this podcast Sean it is that's how we deal because once we talk about something and once there's been a development in it we come all the way back to address it and make sure we get a second take in there on it in case you didn't know Ariel Helwani is back covering UFC events Sean here we go Joe Rogan talked about this extensively there is a little bit of a uh, bit of a chat we could have on it as we have a bit of time here before questions in my opinion couple of things here is things that left a bad taste in my mouth number one the statement was released after the internet had already melted down about Kimbo Slice dying okay I felt the timing for them to release the story which had garnered such an interest up until that point was interesting when they released it because they kind of just tried to be like yeah this happened okay nobody asked us anything about it Thanks very much. They posted it. They buried it on their website. You can't put in Ariel Helwani's statement into Google and find it on UFC.com because of SEO manipulation. In the 
article itself, there's no mention of Ariel Helwani. And yeah, even, within, even within the apology, they tried to make their own stab at him within yeah. it, which was an, an apology and a, and a statement that uh, MMA fighting and all had their credentials back and there wouldn't be an issue. But to me, it just seemed like the UFC picked their moment very well to reverse the Ariel Helwani news because on any other day of last week in mixed martial arts, that would have been a much bigger story than it ended up being. Yeah, no, but the timing it's kind of weird because they kind of I think they had to get it out as as quick as, soon as, as possible. They yeah. made the decision, so uh, your point is fair. But I think you know, look, we we could forgive them for that. But the same in itself, I thought it was I thought it was disgraceful. Really, they didn't mention the man's name, or they didn't mention you know obviously Ariel's name. They didn't mention Casey. They didn't mention Esther. Um, and they took a stab at Ariel saying that the way he was doing things, well, they felt it was bad and stuff, which it wasn't. That's just, you know, okay, they're fair enough. They said how, how they felt. I wouldn't, you know, uh, I wouldn't criticize him too much for that, even though they were wrong. But for not, not to not even mention his name, you know, I thought that was that was just terrible. And a fair play to SBN, uh, obviously the company who, um, who Ariel works for, SB Nation, they came out and released an understatement refuting that, you know, refuting what the UFC said about the way the means are, uh, by which Ariel ref, uh, released the statement or released the, the news. Um, they said it, but the way the means by which he released the news was basically bad and, you know, it, was, it wasn't up to journalistic standards or whatever. And they, SB Nation totally refuted that, which, which was great. But look, Ariel's back. And it's great, but we even mentioned it last week. This is, you know, this is a bigger thing. This is, you know, Josh Gross needs to be back, and people like that. Uh, the media needs to be treated better by the UFC. Like they're just constantly, constantly treated badly. Um, and I think the media has changed an awful lot. Like if we were having this conversation five years ago, I don't think I'd be as vehemently in favor of the media. Maybe because I wasn't a part of the media back then, but. I think media has improved an awful lot. Like, there's an awful lot of good people covering the media these days. And, there, you know, if you, you probably know other people who've been watching this sport for a long time now. There used to be a lot of bullshit articles back in the day, like, you know, a lot of bad journalism and a lot of lies being told. But it's not, you know, it's not by people who didn't really know what they're doing. But a lot of people now do know what they're doing. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of... Um, good outlets doing stories and breaking news and stuff like that you see like Bloody Elbow do great work with likes of John Nash and Paul Gift and Kareem Zidane uh, Kareem you know, Zidane Nash hasn't and, asked me anything in the next couple of days about Russian MMA saying, yeah. yeah yeah, that'd be interesting yeah they're doing great work I'd, obviously all the guys at Luke Thomas and Chuck and all the guys over there we're look we're doing our bit the guys at MMA Junkie are doing great a lot of good places you know there's probably 10 or 15 more who are doing good work as well on a you know on a, obviously on a smaller level Sherdog being one of them Bleacher Report um, so they need to reflect the change in media media MMA media has become more professional you know and I think they need to become more professional when dealing with the MMA media um, and I think you know there's been talks about things happening we'll wait and see if they do happen while, while you know the way things go but hopefully this will change things and I think you know people who are tweeting the UFC getting trying to get Ariel back and making a big deal of it I think they need to make a big deal for Josh Gross as well because he, if you heard him and it, as well support his book that's coming out he's a book coming out and Ali it's, I think you can order it at the moment about the fight between uh, Muhammad Ali and Enoki uh, so um, but he, he said he did an interview with Access TV um, and he said that basically he was 
banned from the UFC because the UFC offered him a job and he didn't take and it. He didn't take it, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I've heard he that was story many times. It. Yeah, I've heard as well, but just for him to confirm it recently as well. But I think that's that's disgraceful. You know, he's been covering the sport, doing a great job of covering it for years. You he know, did the then best. release the he did results of Tough well. Four, yeah. Yeah, but look, these things can be forgiven as well. He was on Shardog at the time, I believe, and Shardog are back in now as well. So, you know, they're just kind of holding a grudge against him, and I don't think they need to be anything like that. But, hopefully, you know, hopefully this is a good thing. This uh, will allow media to be better with their coverage, allow them to break things without, you know, without fear of having their credentials taken off from whatever. And I think that's the way a media should be. Even if you do get threatened with taking their credentials off, you should still report it. You should still do it just like Ariel did. Word. Stand up for what you believe in, yeah? Is that what you're going on? Is that the buzz you're on here at the minute? Yeah. Yeah. And last week, actually, about, you know, you know, we were talking about Ariel and we were saying how good he was. And so I forgot he's at the start of the show as well, didn't he? Yeah, he, he introduces yeah. you. He did exactly, yeah. So from Carl Pinter and Conor McGregor. Yeah. So there you a go. Nice, a nice group of three, I have to say. Yeah. Right, I'm just trying to pull up the questions here, but my computer's being super slow, so if you want to tell the good folk... Yes, I enjoy while you pull up the questions, let me tell the good folks about rosnutrition.com. They're our sponsors. You can get 25% off their products by using the promo code SEVEREMMA over at rosnutrition.com. They do all the best protein, vitamins, vitamin D, vitamin C... All of those sort of good things, BCAAs, all that sort of pro workout, uh, pre workout. Uh, check it out, rosnutrition.com. You know, you get 25% off by using the promo code Severe May. That's helping you, it's helping us. There's no catch. That's it. You don't have to sign up for any yearly thing or anything. That's it. Make one order, you get 25% off. Um, so that's it, rosnutrition.com, promo code Severe May. And as well, let's give a shout out to the, our new podcast. Over in uh, oh, yes. yeah. Talking Brawls, we have, uh, would we say we've acquired, what, what's that thing called on uh, um, American Psycho? It's Acquisitions. An Acquisition. And, uh, merger and Acquisition. Merger and Acquisition. So, uh, Niall McGrath, we, like, we've been big fans of Niall McGrath for a long time here, and with Severe May, great podcast. Um, I was on Talking Brawls for a year. He was, yeah. Um, Worst year of the just, show's life. <laughs> no, no wonder he got sick of it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Niall's over here now, PC's going to be presenting the podcast with him. Um, they've, you know, we're going to be diff- they're going to be a lot of different format to us. They're going to be doing a lot of interviews. Last week they had my boy Stephen Wonderboy Thompson on. They had um, Jason Prill as well, Michael Bisping said, "Gosh, they're going to have a lot of great interviews on. They're going to be doing a bit of discussion as well." So you know, we're building things are building here at Severe May. Give the boys a listen, help them out. Um, you know, they're trying to build our numbers, and obviously we've a lot of people listen to us. So you know. We're going to be out on every Tuesday morning as usual. They're going to be out Thursday or Friday. So we broke up the week. Nice break up of the week. Going to have have two podcasts. And as well, last week week was our most listened to podcast of all time. Really? Yeah, shout out to everyone. The numbers don't lie. Thank you very much. As we've talked about before, you set that... uh, you set that goal for USC 200 week and we've almost doubled the goal already. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. Per <laughs> we've been doing pretty well. Shout so, out to everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much. And just on that, I might as well tell everyone officially that the eagle has landed. Oh, yes. A couple of months because of a design change in the making. Also us getting the money together as well. Also oh, the gosh. fact that they left me in charge of it. So that obviously yeah. added a couple of months onto it. <laughs> But the severe MMA t-shirts are finally on the way. 
Severe MMA have teamed up with Scramble. Um, they're a jiu-jitsu apparel company. They make absolutely phenomenal gear. I'm a big fan of their no-gi stuff as well as their gis. To, re- to release a limited edition Severe MMA t-shirt. Will we tell them how many that we're getting, Sean? You know, keep, t- keep that under wraps. Okay. It is if, limited, though. If you're it thinking that I'm taking the piss here and that you'll be able to order, there'll be 500 on to order, okay, you're way off. But if yeah. you think I'm actually being overestimated in here and we've only ordered 50, then you're also way off. I'll just tell you that once they're gone, they are gone. They will be live on the site Hopefully within the next two weeks, once we get it here and figure out how to be able to sell them online, we will try get a couple of them to Irish MMA events over the next couple of weeks as well, uh, whenever we're next going to one. But we are delighted to announce that they're finally here. Um, anyone in, training Nogi, anyone into that sort of stuff, head on over to Scramble, go check it out. Definitely big friends of them here. And um, we're looking forward to everyone seeing. I may post the, we may post the picture of the new t-shirt. T-shirts, yeah. I should say, Sean, because they come in two different colours. Um, nice. We'll post them in the next day or two over on our Instagram page, at Severe MMA. Anyway, um, was I going to say anything else before we get on to it? No, Questions? what were we talking about? Questions? But what what made me talk about T-shirts? We are talking about we? the podcast, talking brawls. The podcast. <laughs> yes, and then I wanted to announce the T-shirts, so there we go. Fair enough. Time for questions, let's, I believe. Let's do it, Andrew. The man with the worst Twitter username in history, Sheehan's underscore Tatoes. Best ever. Would like to know, Sean, who wins in a fight between Wonderboy and Batman? Not the Clooney Batman. That is an obviously, obviously a first round KO for Thompson. So let's say Christian Bale Christian versus Bale. Wonderboy. <laughs> Depends what Christian Bale you're getting here. Christian Bale and mm. the Machinist and Wonderboy takes that fucking match every single day. Christian Bale is Batman though and I think your boy's in trouble that's a tough fight in fairness but Christian Bale he's a light comes through it yeah I think he'd have got a decision I, I, you know, I think Wonderboy would nick the decision I think Batman would take a ferocious beating oh he would if it was a fight to the death he's covered Batman in armour sure. yeah if it was well, a fight no, to the death Batman would win it obviously not Sean Batman kills nobody how would he win that fight that's, that's you point. are off your game tonight Sheehan Draw. Let's call it a draw. No, I'm already 2-1 up. I'm Wonderboy. I take Wonderboy, so. With Brock, this is from Fowl Connolly, with Brock back for UFC 200, when or will we get to see George St. Pierre return? Would a UFC 202 co-main event be there? And with Pettis moving to 145, would matching him with Hen and Barai be a good shout? Two Ooh. former champions at last divisions both need a win. There you go, the Sean Sheehan prediction from earlier on. Um, what do you think? I am of the opinion that UFC 202 will be underwhelming. Bar Connor. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Connor and Skimp Punk will be on it, as Bader kind of broke up, but I've kind of predicted that for a good while. Uh, I don't think GSP will be on that card, I think. He might come back for New York, maybe, but. New York. I, I think if GSP was coming back, he would probably come back at UFC 200. So maybe, but. I'm kind of leaning on no, he's not going to come back, but I could be totally wrong. I have to say, uh, one Mr. Podge had a great first tweet to us this week. Dana posts a loving video about ducks in his pool. Where did the similarities with Tony Soprano end? Should we worry for Ariel Helwani? I was like, oh, it just made me laugh about how good the Sopranos actually was like as a show. Brilliant show. show. Absolutely unreal show. I started watching Veep this week. Have you ever watched that? No. 
But I show. saw you're on your third season already. Yeah, on third season. You're like Jonah and Veep. You're, Am I? You're, yeah, you're not as tall as him, but he's... A lot of people keep saying I'm like Dave, David De Gea. Yeah, you are. But I think that came from the cartoon we had made before yes. where you looked exactly like David De Gea. But yeah, if anyone watches Veep, they'll know what, you know, what I'm saying. Say you you're like Jonah. No, now you know. You know? One Mr. Podge also had a couple more throughout, but he said, Should and will Bisbing campaign for an easier fight? The Hendo fight sells and is better for him than Jacare or Rockhold. What about this Hendo fight? I want it to happen. I wouldn't be. It's I, I the only it. way Michael Aren't Bisbing you? has a chance of defending his title. And then, like. Double Anton, double double whack. Michael Bisbing also retires after knocking out Dan Henderson, just so he can retire as an undisputed champion that defended his belt, and he won't have to fight Weidman, and he won't have to fight Rockhold, and he's to, or Jacare or Romero, and he's at the end of his career now, and he can just do the ultimate way to get out of mixed martial arts by beating Dan Henderson. You're this close to the finish line. Just beat Dan Henderson, and you're out as the undisputed middleweight champion. Like. Troll everybody. Just <laughs> yeah. leave. Vacate the belt. Like, so good. Do that. Or I'm, the flip side, you're Dan Henderson who's agreeing to have one more fight and is against the guy that he brutally knocked out the last time they fought. Yeah. I'm only okay with this fight, really, because before Lombard and Henderson was happening and before um, Bisping got the shot and all this fight, I was like, they should have Bisping against Henderson at UFC 200, like after they fought at UFC 100. That would have been a good fight back then, like, and I kind of really wanted to see that fight. And now it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make sense because Bisping is the champion, but I still want to see that fight. I still think that fight, from a, you know, a place in their career standpoint, makes sense, even though Bisping has the belt, but belts are just fairy tales as well, you know. I'd. Wyden is not going to be back for a while. Doctor Sheehan had on here, uh, you know. Jack Ray was walking around. Jack Ray was walking around uh, Vegas the last day or whatever it was on. On the he, sauce. Yeah, he just had surgery. So, like, is he coming back? He wasn't actually in the sauce. That's a disclaimer. <laughs> Put Henderson in there. Put Dan Hindo in there. Make that fight. Do it. Yeah, Dan um, Henderson was robbed of a of a title fight once before. Yes, he's you know he's a legend. He's never had a UFC title fight. He deserves one. Give it to him. Did he not fight Anderson Silva? Oh, I, I take it back. He did have one. Oh, ho, 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 we're racking up. <laughs> you got me. We'll got call me this the Cricket Score podcast <laughs> at this stage, Sean. That's 4 1. Uh, You're going all out here, and we still uh, have about 10 minutes, 15 minutes left. Take me off, put Robbie Keane on. <laughs> one Mr. Podge's uh, last question was. What's Reese McKee's path to the UFC? For those that don't know, Reese McKee moved to 3-0 and at the weekend with another very impressive finish. A right hook straight from the depths of hell on his opponent uh, over in the UK. Moves him to 3-0 and as a pro. Long-time fan of Severe MMA. Got his first interview with Severe MMA. I'm going to say in nearly three years ago now, this November. There was the, the night that Carl McNally did his spinning thundin, thunder armbar. Rolling Thunder, I can't remember if that was 2014 or 2013, but uh, interviewed Reese that night, massive fan of Severe, has been for a long time, used to share all of our stuff, he was one of the first fights on the card, I was like, yeah, no problem, we'll do an interview since blah blah blah, and to see him grow and to become the MMA fighter and the martial artist, and to be honest, the person that he is now, is really, really cool for me firsthand. Probably put into the fact that he has a girlfriend now, so he's getting the ride and he's more calmed down. <laughs> Only grim bastard. What? <laughs> Go on. 
I'm just saying, like, do you know what I mean? It completely changes a person's mood, like, do you know what I mean? They're able to just to be, like, it's just nice to be able to relax from training. He's going to come home. I'm speaking as if I've lived Reese McKee's life here. I have no idea. But <laughs> he'd be able to come home. Girlfriend sound, might have a cup of tea waiting from, you know, here, here's your post-workout, stuff like that. The cliche, the cliche, you know, his circle is good. Do you know what I mean? Good training, good gym, good atmosphere up in next gen at the minute. Alan Philpott signing the biggest fight of his career. Going to be headlining a fight on UFC Fight Pass next week. Is on Fight Pass? It is on Fight Pass. Oh, very good. Um, so we'll talk about that before we get off the show. But yeah, Reese McKee, 3-0 at the weekend. Good performance. Some um, counter ride, wasn't I? I'm just watching it here. It was, oh, you're, you haven't seen it yet? No, I didn't see it until now. I didn't realise yeah. the video was up. Yeah, yeah, no, an absolutely stunning. Thanks to Mark Andrew uh, for recording. I don't know if he recorded it, but he sent it on to he us is, anyway. He is powering those paws, I'm telling you. He really does. Like, it's a great, mm-hmm. like, does he need a lot more fights? Yeah, he does. And Reese McKee's the type of guy that'll take it. Reese isn't going to get noticed at 4-0 and 5-0, like, or 5-0 and 6-0. To be honest, in comparison to someone like uh, Dylan or James would, because the gym, there's more eyes on SBG Ireland at the moment. But this is exactly what Reese McKee wants because he is more than capable of being able to be the Irish guy that goes eight and nine and zero with devastating finishes, comes into the UFC on a bit of buzz, and comes into the UFC the fully developed fighter that he knows he has the potential to become. And What's go he find on, now one fifty five. Well, it? you see, he is he fought at one fifty five at the weekend. He has fought at sixty six at amateur before. He's gotten absolutely huge though, and his uh, debut, of course, was at welterweight against John Definitely Redmond, so, yeah. which was um, a big win for Reese. So. I don't know if Bellator would suit him instead. We'll see what happens. I think we are going to see a lot of guys debut breakthrough pros from Ireland getting picked up by Bellator more in the next couple of years, uh, months and years. So we'll see. I'm going to be some prick in a few years, haven't I? When I can tell, I was at Reese McKee's debut and I was at uh, Dylan Took's debut. Absolutely. I'm going to be an awful prick. Just expect that in like five years' time. Andy Cowan wants to know after my dealing with the PSNI. Thank you very much. By the way, Sean, we passed oh, no. the NCT. Oh, did you? I thought you failed it. Well, I failed on lights, but it was a free retest. I went back, got the lights fixed, brought it back. Then turns out I forgot to look at the fail sheet. I had also failed on a tire. My back tire was a winter tire, and the other was a summer tire. You can't have different tires on it. I know. Look, went home, didn't have a spare tire, waited till the next morning, went round to the tire man. Got a new tyre in the car, drove it straight down, breezed through the rest of the NCT, laughed at how corrupt the government system obviously is as I had left, and I just went looking for checkpoints then. I was on that Facebook group looking for the checkpoints so I could drive through them, and then pretend I was recording the officers as well. Unfortunately, didn't find any checkpoints in the last while, but... Of course. The question was, since my dealing with the PSNI, will I be cheering against Northern Eye in the Euros? Absolutely not. We are all one. There you go. We're kind of two, really. Well, in theory, yeah, we are two. Some of my best mates are from Newry. Some of my best mates are from the north of Ireland. I have no problem admitting I will be equally as happy if Northern Ireland win their games as I will be if the Republic will as well. And the sooner more people adopt that mentality, the world will be a nicer, happier, kinder place. I don't even have to worry about that anyway because we're both crap. Yeah, well, sure, look, we'll, uh, we'll get on that anyway. Sean, <laughs> you have to sing uh, Caledonia, whatever that is, to end the show from AJK Dublin. I, well, I'm not, we're not in the show now, so. Okay, I'll well, sing now. that. Hey, yeah. I don't know if you can see the changes that have come over me. I don't know hey. that song. Let me tell you that I love you. 
Okay. That I think about you all the time. Oh, me too. Caledonia, you're calling me, and now we're going And if I ever become a stranger, you'll never become you know, a stranger. You never make me more than sad. You'll never Caledonia, make me sad. you're the best thing I've ever had. You're the best thing I've ever had too, Sean. You Thank are. you very much. Will Martin would like to know any That's concerns going on to Will Martin because Caledonia, Scotland. Oh well, then Caledonia. Oh my God. Yeah. Is there a football team called Caledonia something? Uh, Is it Caledonia Pardic Thistle? Uh, well, no. I don't know why it's like Sky Sports News in my head. Like just listening to League 2 results on the Caledonia. classifieds. Inverness Caledonian. Inverness oh. Caledonian Thistle. That's what it is. My dad used to always ask me about them because he used to drive a lorry through it years ago. Nice. Anyway. Question. Oh yeah. That was actually here's a good one. Best um, best uh, headline in newspaper ever when Inverness Caledonian Thistle beat Celtic it was uh, Super Cali go ballistic Celtic are atrocious excellent big fan of that mm. he wants to know Let's though go. any concerns about Bellator's fighter safety following Kimbo's death last yeah. week they knew he had problems but was still booked to fight I didn't know any of this enlighten me well uh, you know how did they know he had problems or did like were the medicals done yet you know was he okay for the last one he passed the medical for his last fight so that was fair enough um, I wouldn't you know I don't think Bellator would have taken a risk for this especially considering no. that they would be self-sanctioning themselves in the United, in the UK exactly yeah look I don't know Bellator might have questions answered about that Bellator might I don't know if they make a release or what yet but look uh, I don't think he, you know he would never have been in a fit set to fight anyway. I don't think he, you know I don't think it would have happened. They did a test on Chris Lieben not so long ago and a similar kind of thing. He had a heart condition and they pulled him out. So look, if we're to go by what happened in the past, they have been good for that sort of thing. They pulled Chris Lieben out when maybe others wouldn't have. So I'm sure if they found something bad with Kimbo, they would have pulled him out as well. Excellent. Um, John Harker at Cape May Irish. He was annoyed last week that someone stole his friend of the podcast tag. I'm sure you have plenty of friends of the podcast at this stage. He's still a friend of the podcast. Yes. Favourite Irish football chant? He likes the team of Gary Breen's. Yeah. Um, I like stand up, Shane sit Long's down. Shane Long's on fire. I like that one. Shane Long's on fire. I have to watch the video of the Fields of Athen Rye. Or no, not the Fields of Athen. Well, first of all, when they were singing Fields of Athen Rye after the goal earlier on today, that sounded absolutely epic. But I heard Aron Navi was especially... Uh, it was especially loud today, so I'm going to have to go watch that. Yeah, it was good. There's a lot of Sweden fans in there as well. I thought there'd be a lot more Irish fans, but Sweden uh, must have a good following as well. Overpowered them maybe a little bit. They're also having bit. great crack together in the mixed areas, apparently. They are, yeah. Um, Graham Scott wants to know, if Bisping and Hendo fight again, do you see it being very different to UFC 100? Yeah, I think Bisping would beat him fairly handily this time. I think Bisping it tune him up and just miss that overhand right and land a lot of shots probably finish him over five rounds um, Robbie Nardone whose name is Curry Overlord excellent Twitter name I have to say Beautiful. I love a curry chip now I'm going to get one after this I think oh, I may get a Chinese I'm not too sure maybe a spicy bag do you think it's hard to pick a winner on Saturday's main event even though Wonderboy will probably win two likeable guys it is it is yeah, it can hard. be hard to pick when you see like oh both of these guys are such good guys, they're such good fighters, and now, you know, one of their careers is about to take a backward step because they're losing to the other person. 
So. Uh, this isn't. This is not the sort of fight you go. Oh, you picked that guy. You're totally wrong. You know, like this is one of those fights. Okay, I think one will probably win, but you know, Rory could win too. You know, not. I wouldn't be that surprised. It's not like, you know, it's. Uh, it's one of those fifty-fifty fights which happens an awful lot in MMA. Um, do you think a decision on Connor's fly or featherweight future is made prior to the fight with Diaz, or depending on the result? That's from Brian McLaughlin. I think. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, what, whatever happens, I think they probably know what they're gonna do. Say if he loses, maybe they'll go back down. If he wins, maybe he'll 55. he'll let go of his belt and go to fifty-five. I'm or not sure. Title shot at fifty-five yeah. somehow. They, they probably know what they're gonna do, win or lose. Anyway, I'd say, I'd say it's probably made before. So in that in that uh, way. Excellent. Um, Barry O'Sullivan wants to know: Bisbing surely defends his title in England question mark he has some other uh, questions as well but we've already covered them now I am going to find out if you've favoured this tweet Rory Farrell I'm going to incorporate his question because I think it's an absolutely cracking one as well is Crow Park any closer to happening with McGregor Bisbing and Joanna now all holding belts McGregor versus Holloway too with someone like Bisbing or Joanna in the co-main event would be a huge sell. Let me spit some truth here for a second. I think Michael Bisbing, there's a chance he could defend that title in Belfast before the end of the year. That's where I think it's going. Bisbing versus Henderson 2 in Belfast is He's my call. He's some relations of the NAR 2, doesn't he? That's my, that's my call, okay? But absolutely great shout that the UFC would feel more comfortable putting on an extravaganza sort of thing in Crow Park when they could make it a celebration of European MMA. It's unlikely Michael Bisping will still have the middleweight title by then, but there's a very good chance that Joanna Jacek will still have it as well. Joanna is the perfect type of girl to come over and put on a great fight for the Irish fans. A lot of Polish people in Ireland. There's also a lot of Polish people in Ireland. We don't want to say that in a bad way at all. No, um, it's just a fact. There's loads of Polish people in Ireland. But apart from Irish, Polish is the second biggest nationality in Ireland. Really? Yeah. It's just, being from the west of Ireland, you know, you had a bit of a, are we all supposed to be racist now, Father? Tone <laughs> in your voice there, you know. <laughs> I hear you're a racist now, Andrew. Could you? No, load load of lads running around in tight shorts. There is loads of Polish people in Ireland. You'd love that, wouldn't you? <laughs> You love that sort of thing. More water. I think I've completely gotten three quotes wrong there in a row of Father Ted, <laughs> yeah, so I'm yeah, going to leave that. I got that. one right anyway. Um, but no, no, crop park will never happen. There oh, you go. okay. <laughs> Mick Duffy wants to know, how difficult is it going to be for Conor to cut to 45 now that he's purposely put on muscle to fight at 170? That's another big issue, yeah. That's a, that's a huge issue. Um, it'll be very difficult. But George Lockhart says he could be able to, will be able to do it. So he's the man in the know, so I take him at his word. Here's see, one from uh, Paul Brown on Facebook. Oh, yeah. What's My video for, uh, bombed today. It was video seen, bombed. It was shit. But look, I need to figure out Facebook's algorithm. Because I'm convinced because I uploaded that from my phone, fuck all people saw it. Does that make sense? Only 300 people saw the post compared to the Houlihan video from the other day, which is, like, go look at it. A lot. Do you know, like, when you see the little, uh, what do you call it? Impressions? Yeah, you can yeah, yeah. impressions, yeah. 
uh, he's, his question was who's next for Hector Lombard uh, Leon Machida yes. oh. huh. and Leon Machida is suspended uh, Robert Whittaker oh excellent oh in, in fucking Australia that'd be a good main event in Australia wouldn't it Robert Whittaker against Hector Lombard maybe a co-main event I'm not too sure guy coming off the loss but yeah, they fight yeah. the guy on the couple of wins is fair enough Anderson Silva <gasps> no so Anderson Silva has to fight Uriah Hall oh yeah that's true Keen O'Connell, after only 121. With reports of fake medicals and general feck acting from Bellator, <laughs> would the sport be better off if they were shut down or... And I'm sorry, Keen, I don't know what the or is because Sean didn't favour your one of two tweets. So, Sean, answer the first part there and I'll get the second of two. Uh, no, Bellator... No, okay. You need... Well, I'm answering and I'm, I'm just saying no to the question. You need an alternative to the UFC. You know, you need a big one. The World Series of Fighting or just kind of dwindling to a death at the moment, I think. But, um, but yeah, you need Bellator. Is there fake acting going on? I don't know. Is there fake acting going on? Maybe there is fake acting going on, you know. But, um... He also said... If there is fake acting going on, I think they need to eradicate it. Fairly does, does the opportunity that they provide to fighters for a career outside of the UFC make them a necessary evil? Excellent See, word of the use of necessary evil. And f- what was it, Fick? Feck acting. Feck acting, yeah. I said it like five times and I forgot it. Uh, Fionn and Rowan, we did discuss uh, about the UFC's ability about the four-month notice for USADA. But win or, lose, win or lose on Saturday. Oh, well, uh, more than two because I skipped a couple of good ones purposely because okay. I thought there'd be more, so sorry. Um, what's next for Rory? If he loses, does he test free agency or re-sign? And if he re-signs, who does he fight next? I think he's going to sign for Bellator. Unfortunately. Huh. And he fight Bin Schwan, Hinder Schwan. Because I didn't see this earlier on as well, there's a follow-up to a question. Benson Henderson and Rory McDonald would be a serious fight. Rory would wreck him, just so we're yeah, clear, though. I agree. Sheehan's Tatoes also says... Heyman, Paul Heyman said on Buffer's podcast that Lesnar second-guessed re-signing with the WWE earlier on in the year. Does he fight again with a convincing win over Hunt? Yes, I believe so. Because the man, the myth, the legend, Sean Sheaton's about to tell you exactly why, ladies and gentlemen. Fedor Emelianenko. What's happening this weekend, Sean? He's coming back. He's fighting on the UFC fight pass against Fabio Maldonado and he was on the MMAR today with Ariel and he said that he's the closest he's ever been to sign him for the UFC which you can take with a little bit of pinch of salt because he said that about 50 times but maybe just maybe it could happen in the lead up to Wrestlemania um, yes turn of the year yes big turn um, Mr. Podge also wanted to know what are the odds of Jeremy Botter working for the UFC he heard his interview on Submission Radio definitely playing hard to get <laughs> yeah I don't Bonner think so unfortunately yeah. I don't think so you never know you never know never Maybe say never home. better the devil you know huh <laughs> the devil you don't the devil you don't <laughs> speaking of the devil you know Dylan Dennis, John Harker coming in with that for the Jiu Jitsu knowledge he's training at SPG with Conor McGregor at the moment is Connor now more comfortable with a training partner of more of a BJJ threat? No offence to Artem. Well, no offence to you, John, but there's a lot higher level uh, grapplers than Artem Lobov and SVG also. There's a jiu-jitsu gasm in the severe uh, fucking WhatsApp group Stop. today when that happened. Uh, for his, 
well for his jiu-jitsu like there's multiple good guys uh, like Arik who's on Connor's staff and the ultimate fighter that would be able to train with Connor as well so it's not like Connor and Artem are just doing rounds together but Dylan Dennis oh right where do I start he tapped Joe Lozon and Metamorphs He's the guy that I have tried to emulate my style off more than anybody in competition jiu-jitsu today. He's an absolute powerhouse. He fights to the end. He's got lovely takedowns. He's got exceptional guard passing. He's got a lovely X-guard from bottom. And he's a slick, no-gi grappler. He's been training with Damian Maia before in the past when Damian Maia came to Marcelo Garcia's in New York. He has been training with Joanna Jinjacek and was out in the tough set uh, doing some uh, work on her team as well. Dylan Dennis is the absolute truth. Do you know what I mean? He's a young kid. He's following his dreams to the fucking highest potential here. He messaged me months ago asking, would there be any chance he could train with Connor? Would I know anyone to be able to get in touch? And I said to him, to be honest, I have no idea. I don't know. I didn't know what the story was, blah, blah, blah. He said, no problem, man. Sweet, I'm going to be out in Vegas for tough. I'll be able to ask then. And I'm delighted that he's been able to push this through. Dylan Dennis... I thought you were going to say there how you got this going and all. No, 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 unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. But he's an absolutely phenomenal grappler. He will help Connor's game. Connor will help him massively as well. Just a tremendous experience for a kid from New York who has all of this stuff at his fingertips to be able to just, yeah, be able to up, heading to Dublin for a while, heading to train with Connor. Hopefully I will get to meet up with him. Hopefully I will get to get an interview with him. Hopefully I'll just get to tell him how fucking great of a grappler that he is. But then he'll probably never want to talk to me again. So we'll, we'll not do that. Anyway, your own brother wants to know. By the way, I think it's class the way Patrick sends in questions when he could really just ask you when he sees you. Because yeah, I don't give I, much I of a thought. I'd forget him then like and then he'd... he'd no, I mean he them. could just talk to you in real life and be like, yeah. Sean, what do you think? Will Rory's more varied attack or defense than Hendricks shut down Thompson's limited attacks? And also Frankie versus Cruz at 135, who wins? Uh, Frankie. I think Cruz is, I think Frankie would exploit Cruz's fucked up legs. I don't think, I still don't think he's 100%. And what's this bullshit he's talking about? Will uh, Rory's more varied attack and defense, he has more varied attack and defense than Hendricks. So he's oh, better Hendrix. than Hendricks. Oh, Will it be okay, able to okay, shut okay. down Thompson's limited attacks? Thompson's limited attacks. That's why he doesn't ask me in real life because I call him a fucking idiot. Like, that. let's be honest. Thompson's limited attacks. It's the most unlimited fighter in the fucking UFC. Brilliant. <laughs> All right, Graham, calm down there. Em McLean fuck, wants to know you, Patrick, why. <laughs> why do the media always <laughs> snigger at Max Holloway when he mentions Hawaii, and has your opinion changed on him with nine in a row? First things first, when I interviewed Max Holloway, I believe in Glasgow, or could have been Stockholm, I asked him about his wife. Remember when they were split up oh, at yeah, that time? And then they got back together and I said it to him in the next interview, Max Holloway is a, a kid with his head in his shoulders, do you know what I mean? And he has a dream as well. He wants the UFC back in Hawaii. It's not going to happen through BJ Penn anymore. You are the last bastion of hope for that card, Max. And don't care if anyone sniggers at you because when you keep knocking that door down and you keep putting those wins together, Max Holloway is on a collision course for that title, Sean. I've been saying this for a long time. When Conor leaves that division, Max Holloway is going to rule that division for years to come and then move up to 55 and try rule that division as well. The world is at his absolute feet here and he will bring the UFC back to Hawaii or bring them to Hawaii, I should say. 
No, no, you're seeing how I won't win the federal title. Won't move up the light there. Okay. Carl O'Neill would like to know, when is the realistic time we can see another Irish show? Belfast maybe this year if rumours are to be true. And will it be with or without Connor? It will be without Connor. Sean, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know about Belfast. Maybe this year there was rumours. But uh, I think he'll be back in Dublin next summer without Conor McGregor. Excellent. In Crow Park. No. Colin Hammond, to finish the podcast, the would like to know what you have seen the Helix. Yeah, it'd be glass, wouldn't it? Cage Warriors in the Helix on Fight Pass. Yeah, Cage Warriors went to set out in Ireland, so they're fairly likely. Come on, lads. Ah, they would, like, come on. I'd yeah. say they'll wait till after Bama, to be honest, because a lot Maybe. of those guys would be contracted for Bama in September. So if you're thinking of doing anything, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw New Year's Eve again this year for Cage Warriors. That would they, be have one, they have one in London. London again. Paddy Pimlet's fighting on it again in a couple of weeks' time. The 8th of July, the same week as, you know, UFC Madness Week. Yes, I've already Jets. established that. Yeah. Anyway, Ooh. he wants to know, what is the likelihood of Connor fighting on the New York card, win or lose? And do ye think Sonnen will fight again? Likely, I'd say likely, very likely. And Chael Sonnen will definitely fight again. You think so? Shout over that out. 100% be able to sweet talk the commission history's thing is up this month he's basically clean get him to fight Diaz did you see that interview on the MMA order a couple of weeks ago where he talked about being basically clean it was like an hour long you watch it I think they have it on YouTube by itself it's one of the best interviews ever it's fucking hilarious uh, he's, he called out he told Ariel no there's no way he's coming back and he proceeded to call out literally about 10 different guys it was brilliant Basically clean is probably my favourite sort of defence that you'll ever hear for anything in your life. It's like, And it's used so much. Andrew, have you cleaned your room? It's basically clean. Like, There's just a couple of clothes on the floor I need to hang up. Like, They're hanging up on the floor. They're in organised piles. That's what they're in. They're in organised piles, right, ma'am? So cop on. Ugh. Anyway. Sean. Yeah? It's that time. What time? Goodbye time. That was the last oh, question. No. Yeah, I know. Goodbye, goodbye, good, good friends, friends, goodbye. And tomorrow's just like today. It's Andrew and Sean and the Severe MMA podcast. podcast. Waiting and for you to come and play. play. Come and play. Come and play. play. That was a lovely serenade, Sean. Thank you very much. As always, come and play with us in other ways, shapes and forms, whatever. I'm not talking about you when you're upstairs and you're... Oh, sorry, ma'am, I didn't mean... I didn't realise this. Oh, wait, sorry, Sean. My number one irrational fear. What is it? Fallen. No, turn a laptop on and somehow there's porn on it. And you know when you, when you open a MacBook and before you can start typing in your password, whatever music was on from when you last closed it down starts playing... So then oh you can't God. you can't get into your login thing quick enough to be able to unless you mute it straight away. But you won't be able to X out of it unless you get in. It happens all the time with no. my Spotify. So I've just what? I it's one of my biggest pet hates in order people who close down their laptop without shutting it down properly. Oh really? I've never I've literally never done that. I hate it. It's so annoying. If I close my laptop, it's shut down and it's gone off. 
So I've never done that, no, I wouldn't know. Okay, well, never mind. Either way, <laughs> this was meant to just be a nice quick segue into talking about our social media channels. He's oh, over yeah. at Sean Sheehan BA. I'm at Andrew McGahan on Twitter, at Pod for all your questions throughout the week. If you get a favourite of us, there's a very good chance it's going to be asked on next week's podcast. Mm. Head on over to the Severe MMA Pod Facebook page. Head on over to Sean Sheehan MMA's Facebook page. Don't like it, uh, but whatever, just go over and look at it. Uh, it's mean. And as always... <laughs> As always, as we said earlier on, finally the door's been broken down. Record-setting numbers from the podcast the last couple of weeks. We appreciate every single one of you that listens to the podcast, takes the time out of your busy days to listen to the dulcet tones of the two biggest losers in Irish MMA. Fact. Fact. We love you all. We appreciate you all. I will have pictures up ASAP of the Severe MMA t-shirts as soon as they hit my door. I will model them all for you. Different shapes, different sizes, different colours. It's all going down on Severe MMA. But until then, ladies and gentlemen. See you next Tuesday.